Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everybody. You're listening to the Grains Matter Chatter podcast presented by Northcore Grains. I'm your host again this week, Jeffrey Guy, and I'm joined by a very special guest this week. We're going to skip the market update, get right into it here. Here today I have uh, Claire Kinlan from the McEwen Agri Centre. Claire is the uh, sales manager for Crop Inputs. Good afternoon, Claire. Good afternoon, Jeff. How are you today? Not too bad. It's great to have you with us here, Claire. So people that come to our annual customer day, customer appreciation day, would remember Claire is one of our crop consultants that talks every year. I think you lead that chat. Yeah, that's a great event, uh, Jeffrey. It's always uh, always looked forward to because uh, it kind of wraps up the planting and uh, starts to have expectations on just how good the crop is going to be. So let's see, that's the after the planting. Now we're, let's say we're after the harvest. Let's talk about how good the crop has been. Yeah, it's, uh, I, you know, in August, things looked really good. Um, with the exception of soybeans for some guys, uh, soybeans to the east of 31 Highway, not quite as good as what they are in your neck of the woods, Jeffrey, in the North Gore, uh, South Dundas area. Um, some of it was rain, some of it was aphid related, but uh, overall, I thought we were going to have a hard time catching last year's corn yield, but uh, I, for many growers, it was as good or better than last year's corn yield. So that, that's a great growing season if we have that. And wheat, let's not forget about wheat. Cause... Yeah, the, the poverty grass of the north has been uh, very well. Uh, you know, wheat just is awesome in the rotation and stuff. And there's a lot of winter wheat planted this year, and uh, we had a great open fall, so it looks good going in fall. Uh, we'll want to kill it as agronomists. We'll want to kill it four times over the winter, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll see what it does, what it looks like in April, and uh, hopefully it uh, comes through in shining colors like it did last year. Very low winter kill last year, which is excellent. So. Yep, big time. So, yeah, when we get talking about corn yields and... Uh... I know some of our farmers up in uh, the Renfrew, Shawville area, maybe they didn't get the rains. It seems to be a cutoff there somewhere past Arn Prior yeah. before Renfrew that some of the guys missed the rains. And... I think it goes back to those spotty rains, Jeff, because I was talking to one of our customers up there, and he, he said it was the best corn year he's ever had. And so he got the rains, right? Yep. And and those timely rains really really make a difference. And uh, we just wish we could evenly spread those out. That we didn't get it all in one uh, one bout. Too, I think some part of the area that we often forget about the big storms and the that come through in the spring and summer. But that Draco, that big weather event, really set some soybeans back in that in that less yielding area as well. And whenever you have aphids, the yields are never as good as they should be. So. Aphid seems to be something that a lot of farmers, maybe they don't even want to go look for. At yeah, times. you're right. They, 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 I call it sprayer fatigue. The guys have sprayer fatigue when it comes to July and August. And I never give up on a bean crop until Labor Day. Uh, you, there's lots of potential there in those beans, so I, I'll keep pushing them. And, and this year, more so than any year, beans really responded to management. The management of that crop, so using a good seed treatment, uh, scouting it for uh, insecticides, using a good integrated pest management system, as well as using uh, some fungicides to keep those plants healthy, really paid dividends. This year. And with your your grain price at the end of the day, it was it was pretty easy to pay for a pass on those products. One customer I was with yesterday, um, he grows. Uh, 
highs of around a couple hundred acres of uh, soybeans. And I remember I stopped and saw him in the summertime. It was a Friday afternoon when I usually stop and see some of these guys. And he's like, ah, oh, what are you coming up the driveway for? And he goes, uh, he, needed, he had aphids and they were bad. And um, cost him $27,000 to go spray his aphids and, uh, and put a fungicide with it. And he said it was the best $27,000 he ever spent. He figures he got back $110,000 on that $27,000 investment. So that's pretty good payback and uh, for 3 months I'll take it, 2 months I'll take it anytime. So and I also remember personal learning experience I had with aphids was uh, and fungicides, actually two different times. Spray before you or like especially fungicides, spray before you need it. Yes, absolutely. So I yeah. sprayed them too late and it was basically was throwing money out yeah. the window. Yeah. It's and, timing, it's all part of management, right? So and then I guess on the aphid side there too is doing that regular inspection so you know you get out there before they're over the threshold. Yeah, kind of. time, timing's critical. And there's some better products for uh, aphid control. Uh, we just got to get the suppliers uh, up, up and running to make sure we can have supply. Problem with uh, aphids is that uh, the manufacturers don't have a big stockpile of stuff because they don't know every year when it's going to happen. So. Uh, so the takeaway home on soybeans Size matters on beans. Aphids make beans smaller. Less smaller beans means less uh, less bushels. So have you, have you seen anything this year on the early planted beans compared to the later planted beans? Um, I think the early planted beans really potted low. Uh, just the, the nodes were really short to the ground. So there, there was maybe a little bit of harvesting loss with low potted beans. Uh, but in general, the early planted beans... Um, I didn't see any huge yield advantages to it. I, I'm a big fan of planting corn first. I know beans are more forgiving than corn, but I want a good stand in both corn and beans. And if you want a bad stand, soybeans are better to have a bad stand in. I'll argue I don't want a bad, bad stand. Yeah, that sounds good. I like that idea on both of them there. So, so let's talk a little bit about yields here because I know we've had a few customers on significant acres like 200 acres of soybeans and come out in that plus two ton range that's crazy eh? isn't that great like i i remember combine in the first field ever combine over 50 bushels and i thought wow will it ever get any better in this yeah you know? and, and i i think it really goes to show you the the real yield potential in these beans like i i think the the plant breeders have done a phenomenal job making beans better making beans for our growing climates uh, it still comes down to that timely rain with beans it always has but I, I think the importance of management beans we're seeing those responses so good plant stands really help healthy plant going in but you also have to have those timely rains you, you can do everything you want but if you don't have those timely rains which you can't control well, we might get into this a little more in depth some other day on the, the different things with beans because there is a lot uh, oh, awesome. different things yeah. to yeah. discuss on there. I think we should uh, like to quickly talk about fertilizer prices. It was the big thing in the spring was, oh, fertilizer is so expensive. How can we afford to grow the crop? What are we going to do? Do I cut back? Yeah, we, we've been on a roller coaster ride for plant nutrients now. Uh, I think we're in the second calendar year, so I, I'm not saying we're going on 48 months, but we're going on 36 months of trying to figure out plant nutrition and where is our nutrients coming from. And 
Um, you know, the Ukraine-Russian thing last year really upset the market. Uh, that, that fertilizer is finding the marketplace. Um, it's just finding different avenues through it. So um, a, as we look through what we're doing from a, a, a availability in nutrient part, having a good nutrient strategy on your farm is key. Um, so, you know, using the 4R um, to make sure you're doing good management really reduces your fertilizer uh, waste on the farm. I, I really struggle with, uh, you know, bureaucrats and government telling us we're doing a terrible job when they really have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> I, I, I don't know one farmer that wastes nutrients or fertilizer on the farm. It, it just makes no sense. It's so too, uh, too expensive to waste. Yeah, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, that's, my customers know that, our customers know that, the farmers know that, the bureaucrats don't understand it. So, so when you look at it, I, I would say supply is still, the supply chain for, for fertilizer is still very tight. There's not a lot of manufacturers in the world. And with a global unease in it, it, it does create some hiccups. We are very fortunate to be in Canada. Uh, we have great financial institutes in Canada that we can pay for fertilizer. Um, and we've had good crops to help us cash flow some of this, uh, these products. Whereas other parts of the world that don't have good banking systems and stuff, they can't get good credit in order to buy for it. So if you're in South Africa um, or in some of the other troubled parts of the world that need nutrients the same as us, we can often outbeat them. As, as I say to the guys, there's fertilizer, you just got to write the check. So as farmers, how big are our checks going to have to be next yeah, year? Yeah, like when you look at it... Uh, it's not good news by any means. Uh, the good news is we we do have um, opportunity to do things right. So by managing the nutrients, when you look at nitrogen, it's probably up twenty to twenty five percent over last year. Twenty to twenty five percent. Okay. So if you were paying a dollar twenty five, a dollar, uh, you know, a dollar fifteen to a dollar twenty per pound, you probably look at paying a dollar thirty five to dollar forty per pound for per n. Uh, phosphates are up even more uh, when you look at uh, phosphates are probably up 30% and, and potassium is kind of the one that the potash and everybody, ah, potash is growing in Canada we got all kinds but we're not just competing against Canadian farmers for that potash we're competing against farmers all over the world for that potash so uh, where we are with uh, potassium at the end of the day is probably in that 20% increase as well so um, it's no different than your fuel bill Everything is up across the across the board. Well, but fuel's coming back down. Well, gas, not diesel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we can, and absolutely, a lot of conversation. Well, nitrogen prices, I think I heard nitrogen prices are down today, I think, three or four times. And yes, nitrogen prices were down, but they were really, really high. So they need to come down in order to do that. So, so farmers, get ready to write a bigger check next spring. But, uh, you know, Claire's actually assisting us. We're going to update our crop production numbers here on our website next week and uh we'll see how it all works out but what do you think your guess is well i know it's not a guess for you claire but on good strong average yields what's going to be the best crop next year oh corn always is king corn always pays the bills and especially when we're rolling deeper some guys are getting over five ton and uh i know land prices keep going up jeff so that's a good sign that guys are making good money on crops yep so uh, as long as land prices keep going up we're going to see good crops go in and, and so yeah corn uh I, I corn wheat was extremely profitable last year moving forward 
Um, I think all three of our big three can be very profitable if you if you market right and you manage right around it. And you know you, you do have production insurance to cover those losses as well. And the answer is yeah, we need three hundred dollar to corn to pay for everything. Absolutely, we do. We we hundred percent do. And uh, it's not going to get better. So. Well, here we have. Uh, it's nothing. I know negatives, but it is positive the way the yields have been, and uh, hopefully they'll keep continuing on for another year. I want to thank you, Claire, for coming in today, and we'll get you back maybe to talk some specifics on the different crops productions through the winter here. Yeah, it's great. Thank, I just want to reiterate how awesome it is to work in eastern Ontario agriculture. we got great, great growers, fantastic crops, good pricing. I, I mean, we really don't have much to complain. We'll find something to complain about, but we really don't have much to complain about in eastern Ontario ag. So we are farmers. we got to complain <laughs> about the somewhere. weather. Thanks <laughs> again, Claire. Thanks. Well, now that uh, Claire has left us, let's do a quick summary on the, uh, the markets for the week. We actually have had a pretty flat week. This was a short trading week in the U.S. due to the uh, Thanksgiving holiday. Markets were closed Thursday and uh, just a short trading day today. Corn was flat for the week. Uh, soybeans were up about $2. Spring wheat was mixed. It was up in the nearby, about $5 down in the next harvest, 8 Winter wheat was just down about $10 for the week. So uh, if you've been following our daily blog or not, I, I wrote a bunch today about a bunch of the outside events that are really affecting our markets I think it's something we have to keep our eye open for. Anybody wants to read that on the website, has any questions for us next week or whatever, give us a call anytime. And I think that's uh, just going to say it was a slow week on the markets and we'll hopefully look for some positive next week. So till next week, everybody have a safe time. Keep those uh, corn harvests going and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now.